operated and serving the African-American community for over 40 years. The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear on 1010 WOLB are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio 1, its sponsors, or advertisers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have someone very special here this evening who's going to perform for us. Yeah. Jamie Fox. I got money. You got plenty to show. And that's funny. Because I've seen them before. You want to hold my hand. You want to hold my dough. You got love for sale. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. Options. Oh. Any money and more. Had a minute. That was a long time ago. You want to spend Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Face the Facts with Kelly Vaughn. So glad to be back with each and every one of you. Welcome to another installment and another great conversation. want to say hi to everybody that is on Facebook Live. Hi, you guys. Good morning. And everyone that is on YouTube Live. How you doing? Uh, thank you for everyone who is streaming live at www.wolbbaltimore.com. We're back in it. Sean is here. He's looking like he had a lot of turkey last week. And knowing Sean, he probably had seafood. <laughs> And Sean was getting ready to correct me, but I forgot, you know, he's like a pescatarian of some sort. Uh, but if I, to be honest, if we're sitting across the table from each other and I order a pepperoni pizza, he asking me why I ain't gave him a slice. You know what? I did. He corrected me. I ordered cheese because he was sitting across from me because he don't believe in the swine and I eat the pig from the rooter to the tutor. Um, <laughs> welcome back everybody I trust that your holiday was great because hopefully you spent it with me we had great conversation on Thanksgiving Day so I want to thank everyone who tuned in hey Shantae Michelle Stacy uh who's that Marvin and Nina thank you guys so much for tuning in and everybody else we're gonna have a great 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 show today I hope so maybe hopefully I can engage you in some great conversation um, and I also want to thank everyone who lent me their condolences on the loss of my aunt, my aunt Rosalind Chukwameka. She passed away and I had to travel to Arizona uh, right after Thanksgiving on Friday and be there for her triumphant celebration. Certainly my prayers go out to my uncle Douglas. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a group back in the day. It's a gospel group called the singing deacons. And my uncle was a part of that group. And so it was so great to see him and so much family from Arizona and I'm back safe, a little jet lag, but I'm here. Um, we're going to get right to the show. Uh, you know, I always, 
go with what I feel. So when I first started doing this, and I just want to say right now that next week, Face the Facts has been on air consistently for one whole year. Can you believe it's been a whole year, Sean? One year of dealing with me. Yes, clap it up. And we're clapping it up not for the show, but for poor Sean that has had to put up with <laughs> with me for an entire year but I tell you the truth I don't know what I did before radio I love it I love engaging with the listenership I love hearing what you guys have to say I love sharing with the public the facts that need to be shared I love pulling out facts with you guys I love getting to the nitty gritty with you we have some real and relevant conversations here and I feel they're needed and it shows. So I want to thank you, the listenership, for sticking with me through my growing pains, learning radio, and all that good stuff. You guys never left, and I really, really do appreciate you so much. So we're going to get down to this show. Um, As everyone knows, I'm very transparent. And so at first when I started doing talk radio, I wanted to, uh, I would sit down and I would try to have subjects for a whole month. Not factoring in the fact that news happens every day. Things change in Baltimore and nationwide every day. Things change with our black community every day. And so that's something that I've had to shy away from. It's more like on a weekly basis. And I'll just hit Sean up and be like, what are we talking about this week? But I can't hit him up until about Tuesday or Wednesday because we could decide on a topic on a Monday. And by Wednesday, all heck has broke loose in the city or nationwide. Um, but thank you guys so much for being patient with us. As you know, I'm very transparent. So I got to tell you guys what happened to me this week. Are you guys already calling? Wow, I haven't even put up the subject yet. But if you want to get in line to call, one line is taken. Four all are available. 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. Um, someone is asking me on YouTube Live how they can donate to the show. Glad you asked. Uh, you can cash at me at dollar sign K-E-L-L-I-E-V-A-U-G-H-A-N. That's dollar sign Kelly Vaughn. And um, thank you so much for wanting to donate. All right, let me get down to it. This is what happened. Um this week oh and sean mishari says hi all right <laughs> all right so of course you know I, everyone knows i i have three boys and um came across a situation this week um it has been it has been handled so i'm free to share it on radio um, but I had to take my children for their well child visit. Let me just pause there and say all of my children are bigger than me. Okay. Height wise, all that feet, all that. So I'm getting used to it. Um, so I take them to their doctor appointment. Um, they have immunizations to get done. One son had five immunizations. So, you know, I had to take him home and give him Tylenol and watch him and take his fever, take his temperature and, you know, just make sure he was OK. Even the doctor was like, yeah, I don't think he's going to school today. The other son who traditionally doesn't really like going to school was all for it. Um, so once I got the younger one settled, I took him to school. 
he's in high school and um I took him to school and then I went to handle some business while handling the business I get a text message from my son hey mom I was in a fight today I just want you to know up front and this is no lie like this is how he talks I want you to know up front it is not totally my fault it's um <laughs> I'm, I'm at fault for some of it I'll take responsibility for my portion but you know, it's not totally my fault, no matter what anybody from the school tells you. So um, I said, OK, at this point, the school had not called me. I was waiting for a phone call. Then he texts me and start telling me the situation. But I have to tell you, I did not believe him because it sounded so incredible. I said he has to be making this up. There has to be some kind of. um there's to be some kind of deficit in the truth here so I'm gonna just wait and hear from the school because I mean I know my children don't tell the full story just like yours don't I mean you may believe little Peter I don't believe little Peter all the time I know my kids embellish and all of that so I don't want to look like no fool going up to school acting crazy I'm gonna wait for the administrators to call me well they called me and they said, Ms. Vaughn, you know, I really can't suspend your child because of this fight. Because what I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. I said, all right. So I got myself in a quiet place so I could lend my ear to the administrator. <clears throat> I also grabbed a pen and a piece of paper instinctively because I don't want to miss any facts. She says, your son was smacked in the face with his school-issued laptop computer by a girl. My skin was boiling. My blood was boiling. I was boiling. Because here I have an administrator saying that they can see on camera where my son got smacked in the face with his school-issued laptop. It was at that point that my son, bless his heart, hit the young lady back and that's how the fight <laughs> got started um i've always taught my boys not to hit girls it's not acceptable girls play too much i was once a girl i know i'm older now but i was once a girl i played a little too much with guys because i knew from my era they weren't gonna hit me back they were raised better and here my son is. He done hit the girl back. So she tells me, we have it on camera. Okay. So we get off the phone. She calls back and she tells me that after she called the young lady's mother, the young lady's mother, who got the same information that I received, now wants to press charges against my son for assault. Let me get this straight. Because now I'm in full mommy mode. Okay. What you won't do is play with my son and he didn't play with you. So what happened was he was going into school. I just saw your comment. That is so funny, Sean. Okay. He was he was walking into school for me, dropping him off. He had his laptop tucked under his arm and his books under the other because he had put his stuff in his locker. And this young lady comes up behind him, 
She smacks the laptop from under his arm. She catches it with the other hand. She comes out in front of him. She puts the laptop behind her back. And she's questioning him as to why he's coming to school late and why he didn't call her and tell her he was coming to school late. Now, this young lady is not my son's quote unquote girlfriend because he's I still think he's too young for that. He's 15. Uh, and I think he lacks a maturity level to have a girlfriend. But, you know, it's play play at that point in time. Um, but her her beef, so to speak, is that. Uh, you came to school late. You didn't tell me I could have came to school late. And um, he goes, give him my laptop. And she tells him no. He asks again. And she takes it from behind her back, smacks him with it, and drops the laptop. And that's when they start fighting. Um, we also later on all go and see this video. And... It was uh, it was worse to see the video because you could see the intensity that she came with the laptop across his face. And so even after seeing the video, the first thing the mother says is um, he shouldn't have had his personal laptop at school. Well, it was a school issued laptop. And ma'am, that is not even the point or the case. Then furthermore, she goes, I don't care what my daughter did. You don't hit a girl. Nah, mm -mm. because at the end of the day, he still has to defend himself. And that's just my feelings about it. The school did not suspend him, nor did he face any uh, charges from the school police. But this lady wanted to press charges against my son. And to that, I said, I'll see you in court and will definitely press charges myself if it comes to that. Now. The school was able to mediate and it looks like there won't be any charges, but I can tell you this much. She can drive me if she want to. I'm going to go to the lines, but if you still want to call in, we still have two lines left. 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. Let's check the lines and pick up with Elijah Russell. Elijah, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Uh, good morning to everyone. I'm a, a first-time caller, and I'm a senior citizen that just loves your program. Thank you so much for calling, and welcome to Face the Facts. Thank you so much for listening. And I just felt compelled to, is it okay that I talk about, you know, the attacks on the uh, Muslim leader, Omar, I think, from Ohio or something like that? Well, we try to really stick to the subject, but hold oh, on. I'm sorry. No, no, no. If you hold on for just a moment, um, I'll come back to you and I'll get back to you right before our break. Is that okay? I appreciate that. Okay, great. Just hold on, please. <laughs> Gonna go back to the Lions and pick up with Brother Leo. Brother Leo, you are back on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Kelly Vaughn. Can you hear me clearly? Oh, always. Yes, sir. How you doing, Sister? Okay, Gloria? well. God bless you, and I wish you and, and the audience and everyone a, a joyous holiday season. Kwanzaa is fast approaching. Uh, let me just say that self-defense is the order of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. And I know we're in a technological age, but the reality is if someone attacks you, you have every right at any age to protect and defend yourself. Your son could have had a fractured skull. 
theoretically, he could have he could have been seriously injured with with a laptop hitting him in the face, and I'm assuming he was not. He uh, was. Nevertheless, thank God, thank God for that. But nevertheless, if it had been the reverse, you know, it's the same deal. The young lady would have had a right to defend herself, and I don't understand. The, the, the response of the parent, the other parent, in terms of pressing charges. If there were no injuries, then I think it should have been squashed. Nobody was injured. Uh, and I think sometimes we just in a, in a, in a I don't know, a uh, Alice in Wonderland society. Why do we think that people who come under physical attack in our society whether they be youth or adults, should run. You don't always run. Sometimes you can't run. You can be prayerful, but self-defense is what we as African people, by the way, should be about, especially in the climate of hate that exists in this country today. And I know I'm stretching the issue. You're talking about the children and the school situation. But what I'm saying is we must teach self-defense strategies to our children anyway, given what we are facing uh, in this world today. So keep up the good work, uh, and I'm glad you're bringing a regular down-to-earth parent concern to us. But let's teach our children to be prayerful uh, and to, uh, let's teach them conflict resolution. Let's do that. Conflict resolution. But also teach them how to fight. There's nothing wrong with fighting in certain situations. Yes, sir. God bless. Take care. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I love what Brother Leo said. Actually, if he had not said it, I was going to say self-defense and conflict resolution. And he, he said it and he put it right because that is something that I always teach my children. Try to resolve it. You know, try to get an administrator. But let's be honest. Somebody smacked me in the face with a laptop. I'm fighting first and, and resolve a conflict later. All right. Let's go back to the lines and we're going to pick up with Gene. We still have two lines available. You can call in 410-481-1010. 410-481-1010. Gene, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Oh, you good morning, Kelly. Uh, I'm not going to comment on your on your situation because it sounds like it possibly still could be a litigation situation. It, it, but I will agree with uh, Leo, self-defense and conflict resolution are essential in understanding. Now, my, this is my story. My son, what, he was in, we, we had him in parochial schools. And we, financially, we got into a situation where it was like, well, you know, we really can't afford this, you know, private schools. So let's put him in public schools, false staff. Pretty good school. My my um, wife's family went there, and so they were pretty gung ho about it. So anyway, so he goes there, and so we teach. We uh, we, we sp- I spent money. We we spend money on self defense classes, judo, karate, uh, and etc. And and he know he knew how to defend himself. But this is a mistake that I made. I said that you're going to public school. I said, and I don't want you fighting. Okay. And so he took it literally. And so what happened to him was he got into an he was in an altercation and he was being bullied. That's all I heard. He was being bullied, right? 
And so we were called to the school. And when we got to the school, that, well, okay, before then, he, he, I told him, say, look, he, he, but he said, Dad, you told me not to fight. I said, but I didn't tell you not to defend yourself. I said, if anybody puts their hand on you from this point on, I say, you, you, you show them what you've been taught in reference to self-defense. And so he did that. He beat the person down. So we, go to, we get called to the school and come to find out it was a young lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, we, so we're sitting in there and we're talking about him now beating a, hitting a girl, which is, you know, no, you don't, beat, you don't hit girls, et cetera. But I understand what you said, and I agree with you. Self-defense, it depends, right? And, but it should be conflict resolution. So well, this is the story that, that we were told, that this young lady was from a dysfunctional family. She was abused, sexually abused in her family, and the school knew it. And she, had, she was seeing a psychologist, psychiatrist, you know, trying to help her with her with her situation, but she still was acting out, and they knew it, and that's what I was angry about. Is that they knew her situation, and they and they knew that she was acting out, uh, you know, fighting, you know, boys, girls. She was just uh, acting out, period, negatively. But it, it took this situation f- for us to come up there. And we were, and I raised holy heck because I said she she has not been protected, and it's your fault, right? And I understood that my you know my son made a mistake in and and not understanding too that, he, but he had to def- he had to defend himself. He had no choice, but still they put her in jeopardy, and so of course we decided to eat oatmeal. And put him back in parochial school, and and the rest is history. But some of these some of these situations, especially in the Baltimore public school systems, it, it, it's the fault of the administration. Not well, I'm gonna leave the administration off. It's the fault of of the teachers and the counselors who are not giving proper or guidance and help to the children who need it. I would have to agree. I would have I, to I, agree that, with that. That's my story, you know, and I'll stand by it. I, I feel sorry for your son because he's he's going to have to internalize this as a man the rest of his life. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, th- and, that, and that's the that's the sad part about it. You know, for for any man who ever puts his hand on a woman, I I heard my mother being abused by my father when I was like four and five years old. My mother screaming. And I, you know, and I, and and I'm seventy something years old now, and I'll never get over that. And that, you know, and, and my reference to women, as far as uh, you know, physicality, you know, is based on that. I, you know, and again, with, with, and men who are raised in family where women are abused t- tend to be abusers. That's true. It, it's uh, anyway, Kelly. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jane. Always a pleasure. We're gonna go right back to the lines and pick up with Mary. Mary, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Hello, Kelly. Um, I was calling because my grand, great-granddaughter had an incident like that at school. And when she came home and was telling me that I had to go to a meeting, my great-grandkids would stand with me Monday through Friday, weekends, they go back with their parents. So I say, you've been fighting? I said, didn't I always told you as an adult, present, you know, you let them know what's happening. 
keep my granddaughter told me say, but my parents told me if anybody hit me, hit them back. I said, wait a minute. I did not raise your grandmother like that or your uncle. I always told them, do not fight. Because sometimes when you encourage kids to fight, those same kids grow up being being bullying other kids. And that's what I was afraid of. So um, I said, well, when you're in my house, you got to go by my rules. You in their house, you go by their roof. So we went to the school and had the meeting. And come to find out, the girl got mad with my granddaughter. And she threw the book at her and hit her upside her head. And the girl parents, they were so upset and they were furious because their daughter don't do no fighting. They wanted to go to court. And I'm like, oh, no, wait a minute, please. I did not want to be running in and out of no courts with no great grandkids. I never did it with mine, and I'm not doing it with them. So we have to come to a conclusion what really happened. So finally, the principal told the little girl, say, now tell your mother what happened. She said, she didn't do anything. I just threw the book at her. And I was so glad because that was the end of that, and that squashed it. But I, like I told my great-granddaughter, whatever you do, as an adult present, notify them. Don't put matters in your own hand because you don't know that girl could have had a knife or anything. And then it would have been a real situation. And thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. And thank you for calling, Miss Mary. Thanks for sharing your story. We're going to go back to the lines and pick up with Kellogg. Kellogg, you're on Face of Facts. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Folks, how you company? Um, all the stories that I've been listening to so far, um, you know, are separate and different under each, you know, situation. I'm 68 years old, and I came up with parents telling you, you know, don't hit a young lady. Now, the thing is, times have changed, and we have to realize is that I have a friend, close friend. And she's into, you know, she's going to be a pastor. Now, the thing is, she's a substitute teacher. Tells me all the time about these five, these fifth graders, you know. We make jokes about, well, you know, is he smart as a fifth grader? Well, let me tell you some of the stories that I hear that you would definitely want to talk about with your kids around the dinner table. Because they are, they, they, they just off the chain. So now my thing is we're talking about junior high students, you know, and seniors to the point where, you know, they just, they're just out there. You've got to be really, really careful with, with some of this. And it makes you understand, especially with the mother that came at you who says, oh, not my child. But yet with a video and showing them what's going on, they're still negative as far as, what they could do to you when their daughter is completely wrong. And this is what I don't understand, especially with us as black people. Why are we going against each other when we turn around and have stuff right in front of us? And society is showing it right now because right now what's going on is that the children of our children are the ones out here in the street killing the grandmothers. We just buried a young, you know, an elder, just a few yesterday, come to think of it, and we turn around, we got a 13-year-old shot, we got all these mass, you know, killings, and it's because of the kids. 
they're just off the chain. We need to change what they view on TV, these video games. Everything needs to change. But the thing is, you be careful because you stepped up for your son who was in the right. And I applaud you for that. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I, you know, and I, I would have backed him up because he did the right thing. I would have hit her. I'm sorry to say it. And like I said, I'm a gentleman and a man of God. But these young ladies are off the chain. Off the chain. Absolutely. It's a totally different breed. And, and you know, I, I, I factor in the fact that this, this young lady... She's, I mean, they're in the ninth grade. She's not at her highest level of maturity. Their hormones are raging. They don't know what to do with themselves. However, um, I look at it as a lesson for everybody. For me, for my son, for the young lady. And I'm hoping that this lesson reaches home to the mother. You've got to be able to look at your child's actions realistically and enforce some kind of accountability young lady had you not done this you know everything is cause and effect and so it's not like he just walked up to her and hit her no it was a cause for it and right. in the same in the same token i am reinforcing self-control you know fight or flight you know if you feel like you're just in this crazy situation it could go really bad you know just it's always okay to take a second and think but i'm not insensitive to feel like i can't understand where my son was coming from and and, and the thing is sometimes he could have walked away but you know when emotions are flying and flaring and people are standing around and your peers are looking you know you do things without even thinking but a lot of times you know when we do that the repercussions that come behind that. So the only thing that I say to these kids, you know, even being an ex-substitute teacher myself, sometimes you got to sit down with them and let them know that, hey, look, you know, you were wrong. But because you were wrong doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that now we need to sit down so this will not happen again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your thoughts and your opinions. You have a good one as well. Listen, guys, I got to get out to a quick break. You know it's always brief. Just hold on for a second. If you're on the lines, I'll get right back to you. This is Face the Facts with Kelly Vaughn on WOLB. WOLB Baltimore and WERQ FM HD3 Baltimore, an Urban One radio station, minority controlled and operated and serving the African American community for over 40 years. The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio One, its sponsors, or advertisers. Hello, DMV. This is Ramona Kelly Vaughn. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I just wanted to read some of the comments from Facebook. Uh, Roderick says, it's an unfortunate but very real situation. An overwhelming number of young ladies are becoming more prideful, arrogant, and aggressive and are prone to violence, especially against men. It's important for young men to understand that self-control is a very important element in self-defense, even when you're kicking somebody's butt. (laughs) in defense of self thank you Roderick 
And Sean says, unfortunately, I experienced the same thing with my son with a little girl. Short version, little girl spat in my son's face, went to court. Maryland is not a self-defense state. Thank you guys for weighing in with your opinions and, and um, really appreciate it. I want to briefly break away from topic, which I never do, but I'm going to do it today. Um, one second, guys. Uh-oh. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to do it today because I do want to hear what Elijah has to say. Elijah, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. You have two minutes. Good morning, and, and I really do appreciate this, but you, you know, it just concerns me the way this lady is being attacked, and no one, you know, seems to be coming to her defense. Qua easy and full me. I never heard them attacking him. Is it because they consider him harmless? And I'm just wondering why won't he stand with her? Okay, so very briefly, what's the situation? Uh, well, the situation is they continuously attack her, and this lady from Georgia uh, threatened her life the other day, and she seems to be alone, and she just seems just terribly afraid of, of uh, her safety and her life, and I'm wondering why nobody won't stand with her. Another Muslim, he's a Muslim, why won't he stand and support her publicly? Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, do you have access to email? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Do you have a pen? You can take down my email real quick. And yes, I, I sure do. I, yeah. I know a lot of Muslim brothers, and I'll just send them the information. And um, I'm certain you would appreciate that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's no problem. It's D as in dog. Mm -hmm. One, two. The actual digits. So it's D, one, two, better at gmail.com okay okay well anyway i think he should stand with can i say one more thing sure uh i had another concern uh and i called his office about six or seven months ago talked with the staff and no one has uh gotten back to me and i you know i just wonder why we send people like that to office and then they get real quiet and i think it's a cowardly on his part not to stand with another uh, Muslim woman. They're supposed to respect that. You know, all you've heard about them. You know, I buy into that. I'm not one, but I buy into it. And she seems to be alone. Thank I think you. when we, okay. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we're going to get back to the lines and pick up with Sherry. Sherry, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning, Callie, and hello, um, Sean. Callie, let me ask you a question. When the um, principal called both the parents in to mediate, he sat down and mediated and everything was swashed? So initially, no. Um, the other parent was very defensive. Um, I had what I felt like every right to be um, more defensive than she was, but I'm understanding that we're all in front of the, the, the children. The way we conduct ourselves is very important. And even the way that we would resolve this kind of conflict is important for them to see. Now, I wanted to act a monkey, but I couldn't. Her child okay. is watching me and I'm a young woman and her, her child's a teenage girl. She needs to see somebody that's going to act right. So I um, 
I kind of laid back in it. And after about 30, 45 minutes of talking, you know, I think that because the administrator said everything that could happen to her, I think that's why we came to a resolution. Okay. Well, with the resolution, did y'all sign anything saying that it was discussed and y'all was in agreement? Not exactly. So okay. we we had to sign a form going in to discuss it, you know, and, and to uh, say that it was actual a mediation session, that we both agreed that it was a mediation session. We didn't have to agree on the end part because the school had already put in their infractions. She, the young lady was suspended and she's pending expulsion because that's just that that is the punishment for the crime um but um anything outside of that as far as legal litigation and all that no Mm -mm. and say this kelly i understand what the administration did to try to get y'all together but see sometimes those things can have a ripple effect because technically speaking your son was in an altercation it was an assault that took place. That should have been reported and notified. Because definitely was. Down the it definitely was because well, the school definitely did it. Yep. Okay. Not only that, the school was negligent, especially with video. He should have been taken to the hospital and checked out immediately. Well, did that happen? Definitely was. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Because what will happen if one of y'all decides the press charge is just like if you in a car accident and everybody's saying they okay and then when they get home, the insurance company and the lawyers is calling you, it can fall back on the school. So where I'm all for trying to, you know, we work everything. Some things, when it comes to that, you cannot work it out like that because that principal or whoever in charge of that school, when it get right down to it, they were darling and their duties, and they can be fired. Absolutely. I, Have I a good definitely day, agree. Ms. Callie. You too. Bye-bye. Always a pleasure, Miss Sherry. And I do want to say that I did take every step imaginable for my child. Um, he, because he had just come from the doctor, his doctor was notified immediately, and then he was taken back to the doctor. Um, for pictures and such uh, just because I want to make sure that myself and my child are always protected so thank you guys for joining in on that conversation with me about my son gonna switch topics just for a moment because I had been talking with some community leaders uh, this past week and the discussion was very fruitful everyone Everyone is talking about crime in Baltimore City, but not just in Baltimore City. Also, in other states, we're experiencing the same crime. And through this conversation with uh, multiple activists and leaders, this is what was brought to the forefront for us. Y'all remember Freddie Gray? I'm sure you do. If you live in Baltimore, you have no other choice but to remember it. Um. But that was a situation where, by my own estimation, this was an in-custody, in-police custody death that occurred. Some would call it murder. 
the infamous rough ride, uh, the mishandling of Mr. Gray during his arrest is what caused his death. At that time, you know, riots came in Baltimore City and um, even down to our youth. Um, people look for a way to show their discontentment with the police department. But did you notice that at that point is when a lot of uh, lawlessness broke out in Baltimore City in a strong way? All of a sudden, a homicide uh, shot up. Open air drug markets, they were already around, but the numbers definitely increased at that time. And in talking to other leaders, the only thing that we can really point to as to why we are where we are now is because at that point it became a society where it is us against the police. And in the same token, some healing had to take place for the police department as well, who then started to fear for their own lives, not unjustly, because, you know, it's so funny. You're a fraternal order of police. You're a brotherhood until something somebody does something wrong. And then it's not all of us do that. I can't look at any fraternity that is the way that it is um, as far as brotherhood and unity is concerned that will say, well, you know what? That's not all Omegas. You know, we we the pack of good ones and that's just them over there. No, they will definitely throw you out of their organization with no problem. And the big difference is the Fraternal Order of Police will sit there and fight tooth and nail whether the person is right or wrong. That has changed Baltimore culture and Baltimore crime culture into something that is uncontrollable. The other thing that happened, and I'll say it again, I say it all the time, is that community policing was taken out of the equation. And I believe it's because police officers were then scared of the community. We had a strong community policing program. I always give kudos to Major uh, Russell who put that thing in place, implemented it, and kept it going and kept those community relationships alive and well. Now what the police department calls community policing is getting a bouncer in the spring and the summer and handing out food. That's not community policing. And so when we're looking at the uptick of crime and murders in Baltimore City, we have got to get back to the basics. The other thing is this. I was reading a story last week where um, actually I was on Instagram and Mayor Scott was so proud that he was able to get the Royal Farms Arena um, to be renovated without taxpayer money. And it was a big money deal. And that big money deal will also bring uh, people back down to the downtown area. But I have to say this, Mr. Mayor, if people are afraid to come into the city because people are being murdered and crime is at an all time high, would it not make sense for you to take that same effort, that same tenacity, that same drive and actually get behind a crime plan? Currently, you're saying that your crime plan takes five years to implement and we don't have time. 
We are over 300 murders right now. We should not have had to bury Miss Miss Player yesterday. I was at her viewing. She was laid out beautifully. Her, you could see the love that her family had for her. And I dare not not go past there. I couldn't make it to the service because I had uh, a service at my church that I had to cover uh, during the day. But I dare not go and pay my respects to the family. Let them know that we're praying for them and we're there for them. But Mr. Mayor, the same tenacity that you're putting into, you know, getting Royal Farms Arena renovated. The same energy that you're putting into all these other money initiatives that you are releasing. We need that on a, on a crime plan. I'm going to go to the lines because I do have a caller. David, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I'm listening to you and you were talking about crime plans. Um, and crime is a big issue on these airways. But we've had 300 murders for years and to gauge crime by murders well what about kidnappings and robberies and murders yeah they're 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 appalling but there are things that are being done that should that should be looked at and people aren't looking at that you say leaders who made these people leaders did the people make them leaders? Have they declared themselves leaders? How have they affected public policy? Because if you're out here marching and you're not affecting public policy, if you're out here calling for agendas that aren't affecting public policy and you don't have a history of affecting policy, how are you leading? And I'm not. Do you know the leaders that I speak of? Because I'm talking about people like Doc Cheatham who has affected policy. I'm talking about Senator Larry Young, who has affected policy. That's number one. Number two, the community has made us community leaders, because we are. The community made you leaders. Okay, I'm, I'm asking. Because, see, I've affected public policy, but I don't consider myself a leader, and no one's made me a leader. You know, and when we do this, sometimes people get excluded from all of these policy meetings. And the people who should be there aren't. And that's a problem in this city. And until we stop looking for, because a lot of the so-called leaders also get grant money. And if your activism is tied to your grant money, how effective can you be to the people? None of us get grant money. Not I'm one not of talking us. about you. Don't personalize it, please. Don't. Oh, it's my don't show, do and I was no. You are making it personal. This is my show, do. and I'm talking about a conversation I had with leaders. So right. it's very personal. I mean, because I know some people who said that they weren't going to be a part of the um, the the, the grant money industrial complex, and twelve million dollars went missing, and they became the very thing that they said that they would not become. Who? Adam Jackson, Davon Love, Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle, $12 million, that's just messed up. Then they're called leaders. What, what policy have they affected? I can say that the Baltimore Black Think Tank is the reason why you have a consent decree. I can say that. But the Baltimore Black Think Tank was ostracized and pushed out of the process so and the powers that be know that 
people know that. If we really want to affect change, we're going to have to stop using the same old stuff, the same old playbooks, the same old people. Because we're not getting anywhere, Kelly. I sent you something to deal with the gains issue, where the judge lives. Take your people there. Take them to his house. We did it to Bernstein. Show them that you're dissatisfied. If we can go to Vince's, we should be able to go to a judge's house. We went there. We, we should be we able went to there. go to a reporter's house. David, like hello? David, hello? Hello? How you yes. doing? I'm responding to you. Okay. Yes, I got that message, and we did go there. Were you there, though? No, I wasn't, but I gave you what you needed to do that. I didn't have to be there. I didn't. Don't you understand? You didn't tell me that you were <laughs> going there. Did you contact me and say, hey, David, we're going to the judge's house? No, oh, because you, you never show so up for anything. No. All right. We're going to move on to the next caller. Reverend Willie Ray, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Yes, good morning, Sister Kelly Vaughn and John and Radio One family. I first called to congratulate you on your one year of inspiration ministry for on the airwaves, and I'm proud of you, and I know your dad and your family is proud of you. And I just want to compliment you. It's not easy being a good Christian young lady in a, in a controversial ministry setting, but I'm just here to say to you, I support you, and Keep your positive voice out there. You like uh, Harry and Tubman as well as uh, I call uh, um, uh, Rosa Parks and Angela Davis. You, all three of those personalities rolled up in one. So thank you and God bless you and continue to use you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Reverend Wright. So happy to hear from you. Thank you. All right. Keep up the good work, dear. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank y'all for the show. Um, I think before you come on here and you say anything to the contrary, when all I'm doing is sharing my personal stuff, ask questions first, make assumptions. Never. Um, because the people that I talk to in the conversations that we have, number one, uh, I've never received a cent of grant money as far as activism is concerned. I don't even get grant money for the food giveaways that I do for the community on a consistent basis. So that's number one. Everybody, you can't paint everybody with the same brush. Number two, there are many things that I don't that I do that may not make it to the news, social media or anywhere else because it doesn't have to. If I went and I'm an actionary and I'm in action, that's all that matters. And for those who sit up and criticize so much, just because you push over some information doesn't mean that you've done an action. I've seen the docket. I know where the judge lives. It's public record. It's not like you went on stealth mode and followed this judge home and got us that information. You didn't. It's public knowledge. It's public information. It's there for all to see. And so when you point to that and you act like it's an action, it emphatically is not an action. It's just another opportunity for armchair activists to stay in the same armchair that they've been in. Until you show up to an action, 
don't ever come for me and the senior leaders of our city. Because whether you think we are self-made or not, the community has recognized us as the community leadership that we are. Now, back to what I was saying. If we put as much thought and emphasis and action into a, a realistic strategy now involving all players, we're talking about the commissioner. We're talking about the state's attorney's office. We're talking about the mayor's office. If everyone were to sit down and really come together, because when I look at the mayor's crime plan and then I look at what the state's attorney's office has released and then I see what Commissioner Harris's plan is, some things coincide and some things are codependent on other agencies to work together. But until that conversation has been had, if I could, I would lock them in a conference room and I wouldn't release them until they came together and out with the same goal, the same mission and a plan that is interdependent on each other that will actually work. We don't have four or five years. Our people are being murdered now. And the community also has their part because the community, we know the people that are doing these murders. Sometimes we know before it actually takes place. And we don't do anything to affect change. Sometimes people have tried to stop it. But for the most point, we take an attitude of just minding our business. I was riding down the street the other day. And school had let out. It was a half day. And I saw some children on the bus stop fighting. I pulled my truck over. But even when I got out the truck to talk to the young people, I turned around and all I could see was a lot of adults who had saw the same thing I saw and just shook their head and kept driving. When are we going to come out the mentality of a shaking my head and keep it moving? Like we like I know that you see it. But do you care that there are children that are fighting on the bus stop? Had I been younger and fighting on the bus stop and my mother caught wind of it or somebody that knew my mother caught wind of it, it would have been bad. Diane, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Um, just to comment on uh, about the different agencies and stuff like that and coming together, I feel that the governor, he is the CEO of the whole state of Maryland, that including Baltimore City. Sometimes they want to leave us out, and other times they want to keep us in. And people do been going downtown. They go to the Ravens games when they have the games here, baseball when the Oreos. They, they go out. I live by Farrell's Point. I live up the street from Farrell's Point. I live in Washington Hill. They down there partying. They, I mean, they out. They in Canton. They, me and my son just discussed it. They, the young people, the young black men and white men, they all together. They not fighting. It's like the media wants to keep us apart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with this older gentleman because I was at the University of Maryland. I just told my son a couple of years ago, sitting down there, and he this old he started talking to me. 
and um, we didn't finish the conversation because they had called him first. And he was saying that the media wants to keep the ethnic groups apart no matter how much money you make. He said, we all God's children. And he said, you know, we all have the same things. He said, our children do the same thing. They, they, their stuff just don't make the news like ours do, you know. So we have to remember that. But we also have to, when I grew up, we always said, um, my parents always told us we were, we had to be 100% better than the white people, uh-huh. you know. Uh huh. And I know you heard that before, yep. you know. Yeah. And that's the way we grew up, you know. And and it's the same thing today. We have to. It's like we're in a competition with all the other ethnic groups. You know, the new ones that are coming here, the ones, the legal ones, and the illegal. It's like we're in a competition as black people. It's like they're trying to wipe us out that we don't exist. You remember. You all brought us here. I'm talking about the white ones that brought us here in slaves, in chains and stuff. You know, our ancestors and stuff. you got to remember that you brought us here. And once, you know, uh, President Lincoln freed, freed us, and he didn't free us the way people think. He pre- freed us because he needed us in that army for him to win that civil war. A lot of people don't understand that. That's part of history that, we, that they don't teach you in school. You learn that after you get out of school in college and stuff, and if you're around other ethnic groups, they already learned it when they were in elementary school. So why are they teaching two different histories in the same public schools in the same city? You're right. Yeah, absolutely different. Right. So we have to, and I think I heard you say this a couple of months ago, we have to teach our children ourselves at home. Absolutely. But, we, but they're not getting to school. We have to teach her and our grandchildren. And if people have great grand, we got to teach them. Keep the legacy alive. And you have a good week, Kelly. You I too. enjoy your show all the time. Thank I might not call in, but I enjoy your show. Well, thank you so much, Miss Diane. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you. Thanks thank for sharing you. your and thoughts. You, you know, they passing the torch to you. You're younger than what I am, so they passing the torch to you, and you're doing an excellent job. Thank you, my dear. You have a blessed week. Well, guys, once again, it's been a great informative show. Something's going on in the Facebook chat. I can't read it from here because I can't see right now uh, that far. I need to go to an eye doctor or something. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be right back next week. Every Thursday, 1030 to 1130. Share this. Tell a friend. Tell them. Come on and face the facts with Kelly Vaughn. God speak to you. I want you guys to be safe. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you later. Options. Oh. Any money and more.